Hi, I'm Liz Winstead. I'm Mojiella Wodeal. And we're the hosts of Feminist Buzzkills, the only weekly podcast that helps you navigate the post-row hellscape. We dissect all the news from that sketchy intersection of abortion and misogyny with our guests, the abortion providers and activists working on the ground. Plus, we have amazing comedians to help us laugh through the rage. Feminist Buzzkills drops Fridays wherever you get your pod fix. Listen and subscribe, because when BS is popping, we pop off. M-S-W Media. Welcome to Teacher Quit Talk. I'm Miss Redacted. And I'm Mrs. Frazzled. Every week we explore the teacher exodus to find out what, if anything, could get these educators back in the classroom. We've all had our moments where we thought, what the hell am I doing here? From burnout to bureaucracy to soul-sucking stressors and creative dead ends. From recognizing when it was time to go to navigating feelings of guilt and regret afterwards, we're here to cut out the gaslighting and get real about what it means to leave teaching. We've got insights from former teachers from all over the country who have seen it all. So get ready to be disturbed. Join us on Teacher Quit talk to laugh through the pain of the U.S. education system. We'll see you there. Friends, Liz here with Marie and Moji from Feminist Buzzkills Live. And we're Francis and Angela, a.k.a. Frangela, from the Final Word and Idiot of the Week podcast. And we are so pumped up to be doing a co-pod with our pals from the Feminist Buzzkills. What? That's right, because who better than us, Frangela and Buzzkills, to discuss the highlights and the lowlights of this craptastic shithouse of a year of people trying to fuck with our uteri. Am I right? Um, no one. Also, Frangel and the Buzzkills sounds like a vaguely sexist morning zoo team somewhere in Wisconsin. Mm, yikes, Moji. Shots fired, Marie. <laughs> I literally it. have my Wisconsin pillow in this room. <laughs> Good news is that we ain't that. Instead, the five of us, we are going to spend the next hour bringing you all of our picks for the best. And since the fall of Roe is the worst repro story of 2022... And the past 50 years, quite frankly. Fact. We will be giving our picks for the second worst repro story of the year. And some honorable mentions. But before we get into all of it, hi, guys. Hello, everyone. Hey. Hey. Welcome, Franch, Moj, everybody, uh, Marie. This is the hardest show of the year because there were barely three good stories to dig Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. We all know the worst story was the overturning of Roe. So when you start with the second worst, it's sort of like counting grades of sand. <laughs> I mean, yeah. How did y'all settle on your stories? Without telling your stories, how'd you settle on your stories? I mean, it was so hard because also like the news is happening so fast, especially post-Roe. It's like every week there's new terrible news. And so to go back and be like, oh, shoot, things happened in February that also sucked. <laughs> yeah. Also, post-election uh, made me change one of my stories today. Ah. Oh. Oh. Made me think about it. It really did, because there's a huge question that I want to pose to you women. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> The answer is yes. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling it's not going to be a positive question. Like, really good right now about what's going to happen in 2023. Is that the question? I tell you, it was the positive story that was problematic. Like, in fact, I think we asked repeatedly um, everybody working at at Feminist Buzzkills, I was like, what do you mean by positive? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, 
No, so no, honey, how are you? you not wanna, something that makes you put the razor blade down from your wrist. You're like, like fully yeah. down or like you thought about it. <laughs> um, you I guys kept asking, which one is the stories is the positive one? Which one is the positive one? Like, I mean, we know the real answer is none of them. None of them. <laughs> I know. It's I'm trying. All right. All right. Well, we have a lot to talk about. So I think we should just get to it. Should we? Yeah, let's do this. Um, now, before we give you the buzzkills pick for second worst story of 2022, you need to know who our top three contenders were. So we're going to kick it off with our runners up. So Frangela, feel free to weigh in as we lay them out. Setting it off with number four is the terrifying tale of Lizelle Herrera, a woman in Texas who in April, when Roe was still the law of the land, was seemingly betrayed by her healthcare workers when experiencing pregnancy loss and jailed for an illegal abortion. So like, not only did she spend time in jail, but bail was $500,000, half a million dollars. Plus, it turns out the prosecutors use the language of a homicide statute in Texas, that it turns out the language actually explicitly excludes pregnant people. So essentially, her whole legal stitch was baseless. Um, fortunately, local repro badasses Frontera Fund got on the horn the minute they heard of her arrest and organized a protest immediately. And that helped elevate it to a national conversation. And then if when House Legal Defense Fund paid her bail, but she'd already spent a few days in jail with this incredibly high uh, bail for for what? For what? During COVID. Can we yes. say during COVID? I yeah. think that we need to say that. That needs to be said. Yes. And it had the effect it was supposed to have, which is a chilling effect on women and their reproductive systems that it did. It doesn't matter whether or not they were right. The Mm -hmm. law was right or they were wrong. They achieved what they wanted to achieve. And we have to call that out. That's right. And Mm -hmm. also the fact that the physicians turned her in, y'all. They turned her mm-hmm. into the cop. So if you can't trust going to the doctor because your doctor's now a snitch and doesn't and and what the fuck? Yeah, that's a violation of their of their code. That doctor, whoever the the investigation needs to be on. How did that happen? Yeah, and whoever's in that chain needs to lose their license. Yes. Period. Your medical information is your private business legally by law. On top of which, I can't I can't go on without calling out the actual problem person here, the Star County DA Attorney Gocha, or I think Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Um, this person don't tell me that you a DA. And you didn't read the whole sentence on the law. Don't tell me that you went because a judge had to sign off on that warrant. People had to sign off on that warrant. People had to. They had to put down what laws they were charging this person with violating. And you're going to tell me they didn't read the whole law. Apparently, law school is just something you do for funsies. You don't have to read the law. And I was like, oh, well, maybe they were rushing. No, this alleged, the the pregnancy loss happened in January. The arrest happened in April. It took that long to read? To misread? To misread a law? Tom Cotton and Ted Cruz went to Harvard Law. Fuck law school. They'll let anybody into that fucking garbage dump. Um, Oh, my God. All right. We got to go to number three. Marie, who's coming in at number three? Yes. Coming in, we have Fetusgate. Anti-abortion feminists, that's got some air quotes. Huge air quotes. Massive. Stole 115 fetuses from a medical waste transport vehicle outside of a Washington, D.C. clinic. Stored them in their home freezer. 
then pass them around to other anti-abortion ghouls to do an unboxing video on Facebook Live. They proceeded to name each fetus, bury the fetus, and hold a press conference about it with Ted Cruz. This is not a joke. These so-called feminists are leaders of an organization called Progressive Anti-Abortion Uprising, or POW, and when they aren't stealing medical waste for the world's worst OnlyFans page, they are traveling the country being thrown in jail for harassing patients at clinics. Currently, Lauren Handy, one of the Fetusgate ringleaders, is serving a 45-day sentence in Michigan for trespassing and is also awaiting trial on federal charges of clinic violations that have a sentence of up to 11 years in prison. Jail this bitch. Oh, man. Uh, Here's the thing that kills me about it all is performance stunts. And when people, when when we have people out here in society creating these performance stunts that are even bigger and made even bigger because of social media at this point, Mm -hmm. where they can be satisfied, their egos can be satisfied. And they have an audience. Well, see, before it used to be in the olden days when you went and acted a fool, nobody saw it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because you got Facebook Live, you get to perform and stunt for other people worldwide. And it makes you feel as though you are doing something when these people are doing nothing but the worst of the worst. Because they they got these, these, right? They don't know who whose fetuses they are. And right. so their their assumption that these fetuses need a Christian burial, like what the fuck? That's right. 115 fuck fetuses that. can't all be Christian. No, and don't, they, none, no part of this is about respect. No, no. no part of this is about respecting life or respecting even fetuses. There is all this is, as Francis is right, is a circle jerk for a bunch of sanctimonious assholes. That's yeah. all it is. That's right. And, and, and like, and the fact that Ted Cruz is, um, holding press conferences with them and the fact that think about I'm just in your head right let's say you believe that every fetus is a baby the fact that you would have gotten them stolen them given them to someone else to literally when we say an unboxing video on Facebook that is what it was. It was like one of those Hobby Lobby things where they're pulling out fetuses and showing them. In a, mm-hmm. and, and what if you're somebody who had an abortion at that clinic? Like, you know, like, yeah. what the fuck? The level of harm is really just unbelievable. Yeah, I don't think that the, the 11 years, what are they talking about? I don't think that sentence is harsh enough. I think you should have to do that time with Ted Cruz. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Angela, you are just, that's how I play. You want to play? Let's play. You want to play? Let's play. <laughs> I know. And and this in 2022, just a reminder, that is the third worst story of the year. Like, yeah, it didn't yeah. even make the, like, not I didn't even, 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 that's not the winner. No. Not even in the top no. two. Not even, not like even in the top two. Top two. That's an honorable mention. It's an honorable mention. <laughs> she, that, that contestant doesn't even get a bouquet. They just get it's, to stand there. It's an also ran. <laughs> yes. 100% it's an also ran. So the Buzzkill's choice for the second worst story of the year is, drum roll please. Thanks to the overturning of Roe v. Wade, doctors are now forced to wait until patients are ready to die before being able to perform life-saving abortions. And to ice that shit cake in states with the harshest restrictions, 
they aren't even prescribing medications or treatments to pregnant patients that have side effects of miscarriage for fear they will be prosecuted for homicide and lose their medical licenses if they do. That includes chemo, drugs for lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, and even some antidepressants. So just to put it into perspective, just die isn't the worst story of the year. It's the second worst story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's really hard to know where to begin with that. You know, we on this podcast a couple of weeks ago had uh, someone who spoke about medical students for choice and they talked about beyond the harm to patients, which is huge, but also the harm to doctors. Imagine if your job is to watch somebody's condition deteriorate until it's close to life threatening and then you can intervene. Knowing all those steps, those days, those weeks that takes, you know exactly what to do. You just can't. (laughs) Exactly. I'm watching you gas for air, for breath. And I'm, and then I, but it is also my decision as a human to decide when you have had enough, when you have gotten to the medical brink of your existence, then I can decide, I decide when I can pr- dispense life care and, and, and justice, literally. It's lawyers deciding now. It's lawyers because the right. penalties for doctors are like 10 years in jail, million dollar fines. It's insane. It's wild. And you spend all this money on medical school to what? Watch people in pain. I'm going to say this and I mean this. It's time for massive acts of civil disobedience from the medical community. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. That is where I'm mm-hmm. at. I'm like, mm-hmm. you. if you took this- Are we out, ready to watch them jail doctors? Are we ready as a country? I am ready because this is the deal. You made and you did take an oath to take care of patients. You did do it, make an oath to make sure that people got the care they needed. And it, it and at some point, regardless of the consequence, I'm gonna call on this community. Get out there and tell them no. Mm-hmm. You're going to do what you are. You're going to do what it takes to take care of your patients. Period. But here's the here's the problem. Where we where we have the problem in America is we do not understand people who became doctors did not expect to be civil activists. Right. And we we and what we need is that from that. But we need it from every mm-hmm. community. Right. We need unity and union from every community. And we don't we don't want to recognize that we want to all go into our little perfect silos. I want to go in my doctor silo and act like none of this touches me. This politics, this stuff that's going on, it doesn't. T- yes, it does. And it's coming for you and it's coming for how you do business and make money. Yeah. Well, that's my point. See, we can't I can't a change. Um, I have no choice about having a uterus at this point. You know, I was like, I was born this way. This is, you know, and and making laws that criminalize how I care for my body um, is, of course, wrong and, un- and not justice and wildly unfair. And we have and we're, we're fighting it on every front. And I look at a doctor and I go, I get that that you just try and do your job. And I get that go the facing jail time and facing losing your license and facing all of those things is something that is, is, frankly, maybe a lot to ask, but I'm going to ask it. Yeah. Because the reality is it is a life and death issue. And if we're all not prepared to go there, move to the state where you can do it. We have to be willing to put ourselves, our bodies are on the line. So I think that you're absolutely right. Like lawyers, come on now. 
You just said it. Ted Cruz, Yale, went to Harvard or whatever. Come on now. These can't be the people. Well, also, too, there's a couple of states that have made it even worse where they have total bans and they have something called affirmative defense. And what that Mm -hmm. means is they'll say to the they'll say they said to the doctors, you go ahead and perform that life saving abortion. And then afterwards, you will go to court and then we'll decide. If you made the right decision, if that person was actually mm-hmm. dying, I feel like this movement needs an act up real quick. Yep. Yes. Right. We need to be mobilizing in the streets with physicians, with ourselves, because the truth be told, what happens in our own skin, if we do not fundamentally defend that for everybody, yeah, we lose. Exactly. Yes. Really. Yes. And 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 guess what? We we were losing this 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 election made me feel a lot better. But we still are on the precipice of losing. I know. We've already lost right, so no. much. Yes. Yep. That was our pick for the second worst story of the year. Angela, what do you got for the second worst? What I got is um a multitude of studies have shown that getting rid of Roe, the overturning of Roe, has meant will mean a, a rise in maternal m- mortality rates, um, particularly for women of color, um, who everything affects more broadly or more definitely. Women of color already have like a 2.9% more chance of dying due to pregnancy or birth, childbirth related um, issues than their white peers. But by getting rid of Roe, they've increased that. And now it's up to like a, people of color have like a 33% rise in will have a 33% rise in maternal m- mortality rates. And, and also these states, the states that have the highest infant mortality rates are also the ones with the bans. So when they say that this is about protecting life, no, it's not. Because you have the highest infant mortality rate. The United States has the highest maternal mortality rate of all the rich or so-called developed nations by far. A woman in the United States has a 76% more chance of dying in the United States due to some pregnancy-related or childbirth-related issue than uh, in other developed countries, 76% more. States also have the lowest education rates. They have highest child poverty rates. Um, They also have... um, the lowest Medicaid reimbursement rates. Everything about these states is forced birtherism. And that's why reproductive justice is so important. You know, talking about abortion under the lens of who and how do we fight for to have healthy lives? Well, here we go, Miss Liz. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the fact that what this country was founded on is slavery, okay? And when you're what we're talking about, let's use the real terminology. Let's get into the real description. We're talking about slavery. We're talking about enslavement and we're talking about enslavement of women. And we're talking about what what we have gotten further and further away. The more that women have become unoppressed. The further that they are pulling, yanking that string back. To a place Mm -hmm. of, no, you don't, no, you won't, no, you can't have autonomy and decision make over your body and when and how you're going to have a child. And if we get into the real nitty fucking gritty of it all, 
You talk about a woman even trying to exercise her own family planning decisions. A man can take off a condom without a woman knowing and get her pregnant. And she can be sitting there and not know it, thinking that she this is this is the problem about people not understanding how biology works, not understand, not not addressing bad actors. We ain't even getting into rape and incest. And that is rape in the UK. That's rape. Removing mm-hmm. a condom that's without someone's rape. consent is a sexual assault. That's right. It's it's and I think that what you're saying is absolutely true. You know, I was, you know, in reading this horrible, horrible story. Um, this a really great quote from Rachel Hardeman. She's a, re- a reproductive health equity professor at the University of Minnesota um, School of Public Health. And she said, you know, we have to be thinking about this SCOTUS decision, the Dobbs decision and abortion bans as being actually racist and acts of white supremacy. Absolutely. Yes. And, and that's really important to understand because that is who is going, that that these, these laws and these bans are absolutely disproportionately affecting the poor, the working class and people of color uh, across the board. Also the black, black, you know, uh, the great migration was a thing, but still most black people in this country live in those states. That's right. Most black colleges are in those states. Like it's, it's affecting black people ridiculously more as we are disenfranchised. Who is the biggest, most uh, newest educated group of people? In the United States, women, black women. And what do we want to do? We want to control bodies. We want to enslave people. We want to make sure that we have enough people doing that. We consider Americans doing these jobs. And we want to make sure that those women are pushing out babies at the rate that we want them to. And we want to make sure that their children and their children's children don't get educated. Don't get medical uh, attention. Don't have a a, a, a a level of of sustenance to uh, uh, obtain a uh, living as a human being in this country. We're gonna make sure so you don't have that. And I would also add too, and I say this a lot, but I firmly believe it's true. When you create laws, and when you create societal norms like waiting periods because women can't be trusted or people who get pregnant can't be trusted. And then you start framing abortion as murder. And now you have people who are, have capability of murder who also can't make good decisions that positions us in society as people that need to be controlled and that people need to be put under servitude. And, yes. and, you know, and so I think that we need to look at these laws as a whole because they create a system of um, creating us as chattel. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great story. All right. So, Fran, what is your second worst story of the year? OK, for me, it's about fetal rights are more important than democracy. Yes. And mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. for the very long time, the anti-abortion movement has long professed to its love of democracy. But the truth is, is, is that democracy is not hot for anti-abortion activists. That is the truth. And here's my problem with what, how we are viewing things in our America. We want to give these attributes to this group of people as if they are 
sitting here really, really fighting for democracy. And in the months since Roe was overturned, voters in Kansas, a deeply conservative state, uh, decisively rejected a proposal to undo state constitutional abortion rights. And many uh, expect the result to be the same, of course, which did happen when voters went to the ballot. You know, and what we are deciding to say is, is that we want democracy in this country. And we came out and we voted for democracy over fetuses. And what we decided is we are not going to allow these people to frame how we view and experience democracy. My ability to go to an abortion clinic is democracy. Yep. Yes. Yes. That is democracy. And we have to reframe what how we see democracy in this country, how we experience it. We cannot let Ted Cruz define democracy for us as women, as Americans, as experiencers. And for me, I think that it was frightening. Mm -hmm. It was truly, truly frightening getting up to this election. Their level of comfort with fascism. Yes. Yeah. It was frightening. It was uh, it was knee knocking. It was stomach clenching. What state was it in that the uh, man running for I want to say was for governor or something said that if he got elected, no Republican would ever lose Wisconsin. Yes. yes. Yeah. You know what? He lost. So sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah. He's a Republican. He lost. Bye-bye. Yeah. You all picked amazing, terrible stories. <laughs> It was difficult. It was amazingly terrible. Amazingly terrible stories. And um, And can I just say, I don't want to say that any of the other terrible stories weren't just as terrible. No, and that's what they're all terrible. You know, this really this show is just really an excuse to pick some really big stories of the year and talk to that, talk about them with really smart, interesting, funny people. So let's just be clear. We're picking stories, but they're all terrible. And so I just want to throw that into the universe. Um, Thank you for bringing your worst. And thank you for coming together to bring that information to the people. Remember, these awful stories happen because so much misinformation goes unchecked and garbage people are out here garbaging and the conspiracies they spew become fake facts and those fake facts become law. That's right. So before we get to the best of 2022, we wanted to let you know just the kind of fake facts being spewed by so-called pro-life experts that influence policy in a game that we are calling Finish the Conspiracy Theory. So. (laughs) Francis and Angela, we're going to play a clip of an anti-abortion crackpot who's got a very influential job spouting a conspiracy theory. Now, we're going to hear some obvious BS at the beginning, but we're going to stop the clip just before they drop their mother load of redonkulousness. And we're going to give you three guesses of what exactly they said to finish that sentence. You guys can talk about it and we'll see if you get the correct one. Any questions? No, this no, sounds fun. Sound, let me put okay. my crazy I'm hat gonna, on. Let's put on quick. my like. Okay, I'm just thinking caps. Okay, so is it made of tinfoil? Your crazy hat? Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. So this woman's name is Catherine Glenn Foster, and she is the president and CEO of Americans United for Life. Speaking before Congress now, this organization, Americans United for Life is sort of like the ALEC of the anti-abortion movement. They write model legislation, they influence policy, they bring their theories to Congress, um, to federal federal legislation, 
also state and local legislation. So this person has a lot of influence at this very, very big anti-abortion organization. So here is Catherine Glenn Foster. Human persons from their earliest days, poisoned in the womb and dismembered, torn limb from limb. Bodies thrown in medical waste bins and in places like Washington, D.C. Okay. Now, does she say, and in places like Washington, D.C., A, Planned Parenthood is selling those body parts and funding the Democratic Party's pro-abortion agenda, B, and in places like Washington, D.C., burn to power the lights of the city's homes and streets, or does she say, and in places like Washington, D.C., and all over America, the most unsafe place for a baby is in the womb. I'd say mm. B, because that mm. sounds like full That's on crazy. That's a whole heap of crazy. You know, this is a hard one because the first one really, you know, this is the problem. Let's be clear. I'm surprised it could be a run on and be all ABC. Right. You know, yeah. like, that's, that's, that's fair. It absolutely could be any of those. I, I'm feeling, you're feeling, what'd you say? You're feeling B? You're I'm feeling, feeling B. I'm feeling power in the lights. Power the lights. <laughs> I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with A. It's funding the Democratic agenda. Okay. Well, let's see what the answer is, Catherine. Human persons from their earliest days poisoned in the womb and dismembered, torn limb from limb. Bodies thrown in medical waste bins and in places like Washington, D.C., burned to power the lights of the city's homes and streets. <laughs> yes! I just Press didn't want to believe. I didn't want to believe it was that crazy. Testifying before Congress with oh, that. Sorry, you, yeah. This is an easily disputed non-fact. Yeah. It's Google, Google It's on Wiki. How many fetuses would you have to burn to power the lights <laughs> and streets of Washington? Well, it depends, Liz. Is there a game that weekend? The point <laughs> is... <laughs> are there night games that week? Because that changes the calculation. Everybody knows that. Here's my problem. Here's my problem. Where do we in our government get to sit there and go, get out of here with that shit? Yes. Can we get elected with, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say our our slogan is gonna be, get out of here with that shit. I like it. I'm taking it what on. What happened in that poll they used to have on the vaudevillian stages? The hook. You know, the hook. Where you the, grab the, the person and inject them out the room. Why? Yeah. Because I feel like that person who does all the, the president of the United States in Congress, like that person should have a big poll, like a little shepherd <laughs> poll. And they, when somebody says something like that, they just jack that person out of the room because that's insane. And it's not okay to sit around and say insane shit and not get the care you quite obviously need. This is now a part of the congressional record. Exactly. That statement. Exactly. We got to, here's our problem. Okay. Before we get to any of this, mm. we got to stop entertaining stupid. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Cause let me tell you something. The Vulcans are never stopping here and giving us better technology. They're not going to do it because every time they come near this planet, they hear some crazy like that and they go, no. There's nope. no intelligent life down there. <laughs> no. Nope. 
I know. It's really, that's just like one person. You know, we have so many clips that we wanted to play for this game. And it was like, if people, I mean, I don't know if people really understand how much people get away with, because we talk about the Q conspiracies all day long, but the abortion conspiracy theories, y'all, are next level. And so, like, just laying that out there that this person has a respectability job and some good hoop earrings. And, you know, she looks like she showers and works out, yeah. and you know, like she's a person in society that. But no, you can't like we can't tell anymore. You can't tell. No, you can't tell. tell. See, this is yeah. why none of us are in Congress, too, because if I'd been in that room, I would have been. I'm sorry. Where is your caregiver? <laughs> yeah, because you've missed you've missed the some kind of dose. I don't know what it is, but would somebody yeah. plug her into the wall for a minute? She needs a zap. She's out. She's having a problem. This Let's is not. Home. It's not okay to be walking. There has to be some kind of guideline. I'm a former bouncer, okay? If they need, just let me know. I can be in D.C. You know, <laughs> this should not be allowed. We can talk about this bullshit all day. Uh, and this is just one of the many bullshit things that we have to sort through. So let's move on to the best stories of the year. Yes, um, we're going to go out positive. Positive. I love that. But before we get to our best picks, like before, we want to hit some honorable mentions. So I'm going to set us off uh, in the number three spots of best stories. Uh, 11 anti-abortion zealots were slapped with federal charges for blocking the entrances to an abortion clinic in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. These 11 violated the Freedom of Access to Clinics Entrances, or FACE Act, and will potentially face over a decade in prison if found guilty. Uh, the sweet, sweet, sweet part of the story is that they were charged in large part because of evidence and footage collected by our pals here at Abortion Access Front, who, when we're not doing podcasts and supporting clinics, were out there tracking and reporting violent extremists who harass and threaten abortion providers. So we take this as a personal win. We yes! do. Yes. We literally did that. It's so great. We did it because they're also, they film themselves doing crimes. And then they post them. Yeah. Then they post them on Facebook. They Facebook lived it. Yes. They Facebook live stream. Yes. They're felonies. Yes. Yes. And, and nobody's on Facebook anymore, really. And so they think they're going to get away with it. Right. But it's like, oh, they were on Friendster too. I heard. You look at the number of the, the the people who went to the place. There were only three people from the state. Yeah, who were involved in that. Everybody else got on a plane, a car, a bus, a train to get there to come and harass those women. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this is what I'm talking about: is freaks finding freaks. Yeah. Okay. And making it seem as though this is um, okay. That's the problem. And and thank you to your organization for being there, being a wall, being a protectorant for people, because we need it. And if we it do. didn't get publicized, I don't know that they'd get these sentences. No. I mean, no, they wouldn't yeah. because states don't really know and states don't. And so like we started noticing like, oh, shoot, it's the same people travel around the country. But, you know, for someone in Tennessee, it's like, OK, I guess this random person's here doing this one crime that right. we're not even yeah. sure is a federal crime because 
And by the way, know. this story has not made it to mainstream media at no. all. And that's part of the reason we did this podcast and do this work, because if people are dropping the ball all the time, you know, it was real sexy to talk about abortion when Roe fell. But the truth is, this is happening every single day. And uh, it's pretty exciting to have 11 anti-abortion. These people are dangerous. They were at January 6th. Yes. You know, yes. a lot of people like they're everywhere. The, the, it, the intersection of white supremacy and anti-abortion extremism is a donut. We all know that. And so let's start linking them all together. You know, these these murders that happened in Colorado Springs, yeah. that place is a hotbed of anti-abortion extremism. James Dobson's, you know, home place. It's where the, the Planned Parenthood got killed by, uh, got shot up by that guy, Robert Deere, mm-hmm. Ted Haggard's church. I mean, it's like, we're all we're all together in this. And so it feels really good to shine a light on it. Yeah. And uh, we're hoping that other people just take it on. I just saw an article read an editorial. I think it was in the New York Times the other day or maybe even, you know, but talking about how there are no lone wolves. Right. Mm-hmm. That that all of these people are working together. They may not be pre pre scheduling, but all of these movements are working de- together and coordinating around the world. And we need to stop thinking about it as isolated, crazy people. Well, also, the fact that people would actually say that in in 2022 or in 2008, once the Internet happened, clubs happened and every lone wolf found a pack and, yep. you know, every one of them. And so there's no lone wolves because every one of these people has been inspired by somebody else. It doesn't just have to be somebody at their church anymore, although that's prevalent. It's somebody on Reddit. It's somebody on Gab. It's somebody on Parler. It's somebody somewhere who's allowed you into their club to say their shit and you're going to be the hero. Also, these so-called lone wolves usually post the manifesto just before they do the thing. And people are reading it before it gets taken down. And so you can't say it's a lone wolf. They have a a body of work they have accumulated and they know who to send it to. All right. So our second best story of the year happened on Twitter. What? That's right. A young Houston activist named Olivia Juliana turned the tables on creepy-ass Matt Gates after the Florida representative body-shamed abortion rights activists at the Turning Point USA Summit in Florida in July. This 19-year-old rallied her Twitter followers to pour money into an abortion fund, and she raised $2 million for abortion funds. I mean, it's incredible. But think about how much more money she could have raised if she would have asked everyone for a dollar for every teenager Matt Gates proposed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It would have been a lot. That is dark yeah. and true. It would have been a lot. But like, God bless her. Yeah. This was pre-Musk's uh, Twitter, but uh, it's still exciting to know yeah, that that, that site not... did some good. Some good. <laughs> yeah, she's at Gen Z for change. And I think she's just such an amazing, like, I love that she said, thanks for hating. It helps the movement. <laughs> it's true. Yes. Yes. And what I love about it is, is that she sat there and said, you know what? I am not going to let these trolls drive me from this space. I'm going to turn it around. And this is and 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 what I love about her energy is what we saw in the elections from that same group of people that mm-hmm. same when we you know, I just want to send a shout out to all the young voters who showed up. These women, these young women are not running. They're not being driven underground because you're going to call me a name or say something about my hair or my body or this or that. You know what? 
I'm gonna I'm I'm take it in. I'm gonna take you in the paint. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I this last election mentioning that especially makes me think of Michigan. Two a.m. When was the last vote was cast in Michigan, and that was because of young people that they got registered. Like Michigan looked at what Stacey Abrams has done, and they were like, "Hey, we're gonna get our young people registered," and that. Yeah, they are the ones out here doing the work and seeing and capitalizing on the horrible way they're being treated and taking a higher ground. Yes. yes. No, no. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to ring that bell. That's right. I often say too, like young people understand profoundly, if you're not feeding me, fucking me or paying me, your opinion is at the bottom of my shoe. Words <laughs> yeah. to live that- by. Just don't, don't even, I mean, it's like, it can't harm you. Like once you realize that somebody said, and I wish it was me. um, They said, I've seen your values. So I don't care what you think, you know, and it's true when someone reveals that shit to you done. Right. Um, So now we are at the best story of 2022. And we're going to kick off with France's best story of 22. Brand, what you got? The second woman who said uh, uh, Herschel Walker paid for an abortion. I'm going to call that my favorite story because I'm going to tell you, not only did we have one woman come out and talk about him being a, a darn liar, a second woman who voted for Trump in 2016 and 2020 had to come out and say, you know what? No, no, we're not going to have it. Herschel Walker is a hypocrite is what she called him and that he was not fit to be a U.S. senator. All right. While he, you know, we we pull Lindsey Graham up against him. He can, they can rub Lindsey Graham up against him all they want. It's still not going to make him a truth teller. But what we saw in this, what I loved about this story in him, Hirsch Walker, was that the means are available for the men. Yes. That abortion is available to the politician, but it's not available to our political body as women. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciated this woman coming out because let me tell you how many receipts that she brought. Yes, she did. Yes. I mean, she all pleb like no IRS audit was going to stump <laughs> this bitch. She had the card signed from him. She had the check. She had the photo of her in his hotel room with the receipt for the room. <laughs> yes. She had the text and the message on her answering machine. machine. I was like, boom, you add that to Gloria already. And I'm like, done, dead. I mean, yep. the only thing missing was the fetus, which was probably stolen by those people in D.C. Yes, But I heard you talking about it. You can know? I say two things? One, the best thing and Herschel Walker ever did was pay for an abortion. It's the only good thing I can say about the dude. That's but right. second of all, you brought up Lindsey Graham. And like when I was watching Lindsey Graham sit there with Herschel Walker being like, this is the future of the party. This is who we need to be. What? And then I'm sitting there thinking, Lindsey Graham, you're from fucking South Carolina, where the first black man elected to the Senate is your co-senator. And you're down here shitting all over Tim Scott, being like, acting like he doesn't exist. How did Tim Scott feel when Lindsey Graham was just like, Herschel, Herschel, Herschel. And I'm like, I'm over here being historic. Even though I don't like Tim Scott, that douchebag said the smallest violin in the world. Smallest violin in the world for those little hurt feelings. Yeah. I'm like, see, this is what's wrong with 2022. We're here defending Tim. 
I am not defending Tim Scott. Yeah. I'm just saying when you're the right. first black man to first black Republican to be elected, right. you ain't we ain't see Lindsey Graham supporting him. No, I'm gonna tell you what. Because Tim Scott actually does have some kind of brain. He's obviously mm-hmm. crazy, but he does have some kind of brain. What yeah. and he so he isn't the kind of black person they want in office. They That's want not. They want Herschel Walker. They want yeah. a man who is holding it together with spit and string. Yeah, no, they, right. they want they want a uh, they want a big house tap dancing pancake making. Yes, I said it. Butler. That's what they want. That's what Herschel yep. Walker is. And what what was your best story of the year? Okay, my best story of the year was prior even to the midterms, losing Roe caused nine states to enact greater access to abortion care and abortion services for the people in their states. Like nine states, it was like uh, California, uh, Vermont, Washington, New York, Illinois, Connecticut, um, what else here, New Jersey, Minnesota, and Oregon all passed more legislation to further enshrine a woman's right to choose inside of their state constitutions in various ways. And so, and for me, I was like, see, that's what you do. You're going to come at me. Not only am I going to make sure I preserve my rights, I'm going to take more. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do more. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, with the midterms, and we saw Kentucky, obviously, vote against, as you brought up earlier, a statewide ban, Kansas. Um, And then in this during the midterms, we had California's uh, Proposition 1, Michigan Proposal 3. And in Vermont, they further codified in their Article 22, giving greater access and sort of enshrining access, abortion care access, and women's rights to over their own bodily autonomy in their state constitutions. And that is a, that made me happy. Or as close as happy as you get. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I think it, 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 you know, being from Minnesota, like not only did they do everything you just said, they're going to codify abortion in the 2023 uh, legislative session. They're going to codify abortion in the constitution. They also created their version of the FACE Act, a statewide FACE Act with a buffer zone. They also declared those fake-ass clinics a public health crisis. So Minnesota's doing the most. And I love states who are just saying, because truth be told, we often take crumbs from pro-choice politicians. And it's like, it's not enough to vote against stuff. It's like you said, we have to expand access to care. That's right. That is where we need to be going. So that is awesome. And I think our story... Our story for 2022, best story, it sort of encapsulates all of that as well. It was all of the ballot initiatives and all of the Kansas and all of the everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. it pretty much dovetails right there. Just yeah, that, um, I mean, you know, like, think about Kansas leading the way. This is right? a state that's known for the Wizard of Oz and the Westboro Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Like, this mm-hmm. is the two famous things in the state. And um, and then all the other states. Now, what we have to really look at as we watch this week is the anti-abortion movement is going to do their best to chip away at even these ballot initiatives. The state of Ohio, just in late November said, oh, look at all these voters actually voting on abortion and ballot initiatives. We have to make sure that the people never have a say. So they proposing a law where you have to have 60% on your ballot initiative in order for the ballot initiative to pass. I'm sure so, there's passed it like 59, didn't it? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah. But like, yeah. So watching these sneaky things, it's like knowing that this is the way to go Right. States need to put abortion on the ballot initiative so that people can actually vote on it. But do it soon before these legislatures find ways to not have your ballot initiative be counted because you can't gerrymander a body, bitches. You cannot do it. 
No. Yeah, it's it's when you think about the Dobbs decision and, and Justice Alito, who leaked it, um, as it turns out, um, saying basically saying states need to make these decisions. I'm like, but who in the state? Because the state isn't a person. So right. no. what they what they're ta- what they've said and what um, Mehmet Oz what Oz basically made clear is what they're talking about are officials who are in office, regardless of how they got there. Yep. What they're really saying, bold font, is white men get in control on a state level and institute our our personalities, our perspectives. That's the that's the goal. And it's what's happening. <laughs> that's what gerrymandering does for us, right? Yes. It makes it that that's exactly who. And that's what they were when you were someone was talking earlier about how like terrifying this election was when people were when people who were running for office were literally saying the United States isn't a democracy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, these people want to run us who are very comfortable just saying that with their outside voices? With that's their wild. outside voice. With the wild. Wild girl. Wild. It's really interesting to see where like you can't gerrymander a ballot initiative. And where did we see? I mean, you brought up Kansas. Like, where have we seen abortion continue to win when a state is actually gets the chance to popular vote on something? Yes. It can like more people voted to support abortion in Michigan than they did to support Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah, that is that is actually cool. Abortion is separate from a political, a politically elected individual. And when you don't get to gerrymander, because they can't hide, they can't hide those results, you actually see what the public wants. Yep. Yes, 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 yes. All of that. You know, it's good to see folks from progressive spaces talking about all these issues. And I was really excited to hear what came across your world and what you found was important. And I'm so glad that it was so great. Um, what are your final thoughts about what we should be doing as we move to 2023, what we should be thinking about, how we should be, how we should be doing? You know what? I would start with number one. If everybody in your every every person, but really the women in your environment, make sure that all the women in your environment are educated about themselves, their body, and their choices and civil rights. Because and have those conversations in your spaces, especially with our young women and getting them as fi- as fired up as you can get a young person. And if that's if that's peer to peer or if it's mentor to peer, you know, or the other way, getting people, other people fired up about their civil rights is the sexiest thing I can think of that we can do. Absolutely. I think more, and I think also we, uh, one of Francis knows that one of my least favorite like excuses or arguments against doing something is we, it hasn't been done before. Um, And I think that we need to not limit our concept, how we, the paradigm, not don't let other people tell us we can't do things. When, when, when people say to me, oh, well, these people are just on the Supreme court. Are they? Are they just on the Supreme Court? Hallelujah. I'm just saying this is a document made by a bunch of assholes who thought you could own people. If And they even knew to set it up with amendments. So what I'm saying is we need to we need to decolonize our minds and allow ourselves to think of solutions to problems that we haven't tried before. Because if somebody comes up with a cure for cancer, we're not going to go. But you know what? We haven't tried that before. So here's my thing. We need to get our court back. There are three people on that court who should not be there, who do not have a legitimate place on that 
who court. have lied to get the position. One of whom maybe should be in jail for multiple acts of alleged rape and assault. So what we need to do is encourage people to move. But when somebody tells you that's not how we do it, you say to them, well, guess what, Bo? We about to change the script. We about to do things different and new. And do not let your mind. People say to me all the time, oh, but the Senate has to vote on this and the filibuster that. Fuck the filibuster. Take it away. Like, seriously, they don't sit around and worry about the rules. At all, ever. How to worry about. So I'm saying we we have to be willing to hear everything isn't a yes or no. We can't, we don't have to give up this to get that. Don't let them, don't let them tell us what our agenda can and can't be. And they don't literally let them drive our agenda for God's sakes. All the time we are just showing up to their fight unprepared, understanding, not understanding what the battle is, and bringing a PowerPoint presentation to a knife fight. Stop Thank it. Thank you. Stop Thank it. you. Take exactly. back the court. Let's do it. <laughs> and we all know they'll change the rules of the game midstream. They That's do right. it all the time. Yeah, you have to That's win by right. 60% of the goals. Well, that is our show. Frangela, it was so much fun breaking down this year with you. I feel, I feel rage. I feel hope. I laughed a lot. It's the perfect way to kick out 2022. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. Oh my God. Of course. That is our show. It was so amazing. We just want to also take a sec to say both Frangela's Pods and your Feminist Buzzkills Live are proudly on the MSW network. And we wanted to give a shout out to the whole fam, Allison, the Daily Beans, Muller She Wrote crew. Thanks so much. I'm Fran and Angela. Tell folks where they can find you and how they can support you, where you'll be performing and all the things you want folks to know. You can follow us at Frangela Duo and all the socials and you can get our podcast, Idiot of the Week and The Final Word at the same place you get all your podcasts. Go to Apple Podcasts, you know, the places, you know, go all the places mm-hmm. get MSW out Media. Yes, absolutely. And you can check us out. You can check. We'll be in Portland February 25th. Go to CuriousComedy.org for ticks. We're going to be recording a new live comedy album, so we'd love to have you there. You can go to Frangela.com for all things Frangela. And we also do have a Patreon and Cameo because, you know, they don't pay us. (laughs) (laughs) If you'd like to support this Black woman-owned business, please go to Patreon and Cameo and do so. Look for Frangela. Uh, And we obviously would at the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network and MSW Media. We love and we're so happy to all be a part of them. And... To connect with us, your Buzzkills pod, look up Feminist Buzzkills Live wherever you get your pod. Just like Frangela, subscribe to FBK Live. Write a review, give us five stars. It's the best way for our podcast to reach more people. And by doing so, you are helping more people learn about this assault on abortion access. And to keep up with all the repro news, follow us on social at Abortion Front on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. To follow us personally, Marie, where you at? mcon j at no longer twitter damn i guess only instagram only instagram (laughs) i can be found at moji locks on twitter instagram facebook tiktok anywhere liz i am at liz winstead with two z's at 
all the places. Also, wondering where you might fit in to do some abortion activism? Well, look no further than our five-part training series, Operation Save Abortion, available in video and podcast form. Gather friends, watch or listen together, and follow the activity guide for a full experience. Details for the series are at operationsaveabortion.com. Make sure you check out the activist calendar as well, which is chock full of local and national actions and educational opportunities. Thank you so much for listening in 2022. We've had a blast in our first year of this pod, bringing you all the Abobo news. We really appreciate you listening and sharing and can't wait to fill your ear holes with more facts, fun, and outrage in 2023. That's right. And if you're looking for something to do and you're in the Twin Cities, I have a show at the Parkway Theater, December 30th and 31st. It is a year in review. I'll be barfing out all of the news that is fit to make fun of. Parkway Theater, December 30th. Tickets are at theparkwaytheater.com. Plus, join our Patreon. Support these guys. You know what? Do a double Patreon dose. Why not? Do a fringe Patreon. Do a Mm -hmm. us. So you can support great content, get some merch, and all the pledges for this pod and all of our activism are tax deductible. So pledge patreon.com slash feminist buzzkills. This special co-pod and FBK Live is edited by Remy de Tournay and is produced by Abortion Access Front. So thanks again, Frangela, and thank you for listening. Have a great holiday. If you celebrate, a safe and happy new year. And we will be back in January with new episodes. We thought we would close out with a reminder of what we are up against and the words of Catherine Glenn Foster and her fucked up energy alternative. Human persons from their earliest days, poisoned in the womb and dismembered, torn limb from limb. Bodies thrown in medical waste bins and in places like Washington, D.C., burned to power the lights of the city's homes and streets. Feminist Buzzkills Live, the podcast from Abortion Access Front. When BS is popping, we pop off. New episodes drop Friday. If you want to support our podcast and all the work of Abortion Access Front, like, subscribe, and join our Patreon at patreon.com slash feminist buzzkills. It's no surprise that newsmakers try to manipulate the audience. They want you to believe that they are the one holding the line and they'll use any trick they can to get you there. But don't let them fool you. Get unspun. I'm Amanda Sturgill. I've been a reporter, and today I teach future reporters to cut the spin and think critically about what newsmakers say. My podcast, Unspun, shows you how to know when you're being manipulated by the news. Learn to spot the tricks and how to make up your own mind about what's true. So if you're tired of being fooled by the news, subscribe to Unspun today. Unspun because you deserve the truth.